Welcome to Mums on Cloud9. I'm Heather Black, a champion for women in tech and founder of Supermums, a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. My podcast aims to inspire and support mums to develop a flexible, well-paid, successful career in the tech sector. On the show, we share top tips, insight and inspirational stories from women who've carved out a flexible, well-paid career in the sector, as well as talk to employers who champion diversity and gender equality. In Series 2, we're helping you explore your potential by sharing stories of how people have transitioned into a career in tech. Alongside that, we're looking at the different range of job roles that are available and also the key skills that can help you in any of these roles. In today's session, I'm delighted to be talking to Nathan Simmons about leadership skills. Nathan is an independent senior leadership coach and consultant that has worked in leadership for 23 years, and I'm excited about what he's going to bring to the session today. Nathan, do you want to say a quick hi? Gladly. Hello. Thanks, Heather. Do you know what? This is an absolute honour, privilege and a delight for me to be here to share. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. I was saying, we were just saying I've been wanting to do something with Nathan for ages, so it's great to have him on the show and to share it. And I suppose let's start about talking about why leadership skills are important in this. I suppose what I've found is that if you're working as a Salesforce professional, for example, or you are helping anybody engage with new technology, you have to lead people through a digital transformation. And leadership skills are quite different in some ways to managing people, because um, if you are managing people in an organisation, there's a hierarchical structure there quite often, you need to lead and manage them. But when you're a, a technical professional and you're coming in and effectively bringing people on a journey with you to embrace new technology, you have to deploy leadership in quite a different way. And you have to facilitate conversations with people to help them create a collective vision, to get them excited and enthused about this journey. And that all requires great communication skills. It requires communication skills at every level, really. So you have to be able to engage C-suite executives. Um, you have to get them to put their trust in you. So because you are basically changing the way that organization works and helping them achieve their business goals and work towards achieving their performance that they want. And so they really are, as I say, putting a lot of trust in you and you have to gain their trust. And so you have to communicate in a way that they understand, feel safe and secure and feel bought into this vision. And equally, they then need to feel empowered to lead their team through change. And you have to guide them through that process about how they support their team to think about the way they work, invest the time in this process and then adopt a new way of working. So as a leader, everyone is looking at you to be guided through this whole process of technical transformation. You have to show authority, you have to generate trust, you have to show empathy and authenticity. And I feel like some of my proudest moments as a mum in tech have been where I would typically look up to people who are more senior to me, like those who are, you know, say 50s or 60s, who are senior level people within an organisation. And I look up to them because I think, gosh, you know, they're great. They've got these great roles. And for them to call on me and to sit down with me and share with them their, their concerns, their fears, their thoughts, come to me for advice is so empowering when I'm like 20 years younger than them when I've come into this role. I mean, I started out doing Salesforce consultancy in early 30s. And it, it's a great feeling to know that people trust you and, and to, to do that. And I'm proud to have, have 
put across that level of confidence in people and that level of knowledge that they will do that and that they trust, as I say, for me to guide them through a digital transformation. Now, I know that that's not the case for everybody. And unfortunately, some people who are in technology roles can feel that like senior management aren't listening to them. They have users that aren't listening or aren't adopting the system. And they feel out of control, like they don't know how to get people on this path of understanding how Salesforce can help them develop or any technology can help actually help them in their role. And so it's really about how do you get people bought in? So I just wanted to set the context a little bit about why leadership is so important before I sort of now come on to my conversation with Nathan. And he, he shares some of those top tips with you about how you can become a leader of digital transformation. So Nathan, welcome to the show. Um, I'd say it'd be great for you to introduce yourself a little bit more about and tell us about your passion for leadership coaching. Like, why is it a thing in its own right? Mm. So the the journey, a little introduction from me, Nathan Simmons, 23 years in leadership, mixture of roles from managing nightclub security door teams, all the way through up to managing the customer services for Time and Fortune magazine while I was living in Amsterdam. I've traveled the world, lived on multiple continents. But the one thing that I've really struggled with in all my jobs is the, the people connection, the community, the, the, hum, the humanness, the humanity of what we actually do as leaders. And when it comes down to leadership, it is about people. And it is about building the relationships, the conversations, influencing, interacting and engaging with different types of people so that they can achieve their successes with the with the concepts and the elements that you're bringing to support them do what they're doing. Now, the importance of that leadership part, I think, and why leadership coaching is its own thing is because no one ever gets taught how to do it. You know, it's kind of, oh, they're a, they're a natural born leader or... You know, oh, they've, they're an overnight success, but it took them 17 years to get there. It's all of these sorts of things, you know, that, that we kind of project this kind of persona of perfection of leaders onto people that, you know, have worked bloody hard to get where they've got to, have read lots of books, they've done the personal development, they've learned from their mistakes. Uh, and it's about distilling and condensing those elements and the important parts and helping people see that in themselves because people often don't see themselves as leaders or they don't see themselves as certain elements of of their work or important traits. They don't see that in themselves. They don't realize that, or people as a whole don't realize that that everyone is a visionary leader. Mm, I think that's a really important part that visionary everyone is because I think people think you know I'm not dominant enough I'm not strong enough to be a leader. I think people feel that so yeah it's really interesting isn't it you say that. And it is, and this is the part is, you know, you've got eyes in your head, you can see where you're going, you're a visionary leader. Now, and it might be even those small details of, you know, if you own an animal, you're a leader. The moment you throw a ball, you're giving direction, you know, to a dog. The moment that you're with people or with your family or with your children, and you're saying, well, let's go to the park, let's go and enjoy this moment. You're leading your family to a situation that you've just seen in your head. Therefore, you're, you're creating a vision in your head and you're manifesting that as the leader of that, of that group, of that community. So it's important that we have to get these parts in our head and go, okay, actually, I am a leader in some way, shape or form or in some place. Okay, I'm working in Salesforce. I know this stuff. I know this tech. I need to lead this project. I need to lead these people because I know how beneficial this product and service is going to be to this organization. 
and really step into that power because they've been trained as individuals through you with the equipment, with the technology to actually bring that, that they are the subject matter expert, not from a place of arrogance, not even from a kind of a place of confidence. It's just, do you know what? I know this stuff. I'm a subject matter expert and I'm here to help you and I'm here to contribute. That's what leadership is. It's about that contribution to the ecosystem so that other people can be successful as a result of what you're sharing with them. Yeah, that's what we've got to tap into. I love that. And I think, you know, it's encouraging those people to then lead others below because in technology projects, we go and as particularly Salesforce consultants, for example, we go and teach people how to then teach other people and make yes. them sort of the, you know, the, the train, train the trainer type approach. So you've really got to install that confidence in them that they can, you know, learn it, do it, be empowered by it, and that can help them do different things. And one of the things that I just like, I think it's useful to touch on is the difference between leadership and management, because mm. again, as a Salesforce professional, you be quite often you are siloed. You don't actually manage anybody independently mm. um, or you're a consultant going in. So you don't have that sort of ability to manage them and say, well, you must do this by this deadline or whatever, because you kind of don't have that level of authority. So how, mm. what's the difference in your view and how can you balance that in this type of role? So for me, super kind of, almost simple version management is about process leadership is about people in for me in the majority so management is about how you manage a process from start to finish um or or a situation the leadership's on when you're a leader you lead you're in front and you're you're at the front you're guiding people you're taking people on that journey or taking an organization on that journey neither is better or worse there, and there is a time and a place for each of them. And it's just understanding which one is the right time and which one is the right place for each of those different elements to, to come to the fore. Now, as a consultant in, in any industry, you have to have management skills and you have to know what your processes look like. You know, in deployment of, of tech, et cetera, that's useful. But also understanding who's going to be involved in this. Okay, how can I lead these individuals to help this deployment go through smoothly? So that for me is, is the prime separator for management and leadership mm, I love that so I mean this week actually it's super as we've talk, been talking about methods of motivating people so if you were thinking about well you know how would you lead somebody well the first thing is to check what motivates the people that you're going to be working with like what is their motivational mm. sort of style and then the management would be okay we'll start to put those motivational factors in place in a process mm-hmm. like you yes. know that's probably quite a good way of thinking about it isn't it how yep. do we move somebody through what do you teach as the essential leadership skills? What's your approach to this? The first one, categorically, is curiosity. It's, and that kind of, that's the, the overarching theme for everything that I really do. And then what drops into that is questioning skills, how to question things in the right way, how to get to the heart of things, how to create resourcefulness in negative situations you know even in a situation as existing right now with covid or whatever it is well actually what are my resources what do i have available who do i have available and by asking all those useful questions and by remaining curious we can then flex and shift redirect we can then go well we know our goal is going to be over there but we also understand that the fastest route from a to b is not a straight line you know, it's, it's mm. a wave, you know, it's a curve. There's always going to be the ball from left field that's going to come in. 
that's going to kind of knock us off our stride a little bit. But if we know where we're going, we can use that curiosity to grab that ball and just keep running forward. I like that. And how do you tailor it? So curious is interesting because it's kind of like it's finding out things. And I think Mm -hmm. one of the things that I've really noticed on every project, which I can see rattles at people in these sort of technical roles, is that the culture and personalities of every project is different. Mm. So the reality is, yes, I know what Salesforce can do as a product, but when you go and implement it within an organization, the pro- the way you approach that project is normally different time and time again, mm. because you know the, the the people are different of who you're dealing with. So what? how do you best plan and reflect on what strategy you should take when you engage with an organization? How would you sort of go about that? One, a couple of elements, I think. One is get to know your organization before you go in there. Do your homework. It's no different for going for a job. If you're going for a job interview, one of the key questions they're going to ask you is, what do you know about the business? Mm. Okay, let's have a look at that. As a consultant, and I've delivered training in certain organizations, and whilst waiting to walk into the training room, I was sat in the staff canteen reading the the recent wins and successes of the business, the new drive for the next year ahead that wasn't on the website has been promoted to the staff. So that as soon as I walk into that training room, I'm starting to use language that's appropriate to them in 2022, which isn't even public. Mm. So I'm getting to know really the, the, what is going on for that those people and how they're approaching things. Having a look on LinkedIn is also a really useful thing. Get to know the people you're going to be working with. And there's a super handy tool which I got introduced to last year, I want to say, called Crystal Nose. And it's it's like a, an additional app for LinkedIn and it shows you personality types based on how that person writes about them. It shows you different ways to approach them and connect with them before you even met them. So it's just doing that, that homework and getting a deep insight. And so when you walk in there, you know who your... Um, you know, your supporters are going to be, you know who your antagonists are going to potentially be. You're going to know what history and what resources you can pull out of those people so that when you walk in there, you're fully equipped and ready for a conversation and you're switched on to those individuals before you've even had the conversation. Brilliant. I love that advice. Thank you very much. Mm. And so when you go in there, what's Mm. the leadership framework that you tend to use? Because you're obviously trained up in various different leadership techniques and approaches. Is there a framework? How do you tackle leadership and train people on it? When I'm working one-to-one with an individual, because of that rarity of people actually having leadership, yes, some of them may have been trained in leadership, but they may have been looking at, okay, whether they're a leader or, or, or how they're approaching other people. I want to get people to the heart of themselves because I believe that if you can't lead yourself, you cannot lead anybody else. And it's got to be this way. So the model that I use is called self-leadership. So I break the self down. The S stands for self-awareness. And this is about putting people under or getting people to put themselves under the microscope and getting really self-aware, do the self-reflection and self-analyze what it is they do, why they do it. Mm -hmm. The E stands for end goal. So now you know who you are, because as the saying, I think it was Socrates, know thyself. Once you know that, you can know where you're going. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. This is what I bring. This is what I want to create and, and manifest in this world. This is where I'm going to take this inside my organization as my own or in my own business, whatever. The L stands for life lessons. Because, I mean, I'm 42. I've been around the block a couple of times. I now understand on a very kind of deep level that all the things that happened to me did actually happen for a reason, which have provided me the stepping stones to get to where I am now and the, and the understanding. 
because of that insight, though, I now understand that what's happening in front of me, I know there's going to be challenges that happen in there. And I know that, you know, if I start to position those in front of me rather than just letting them happen to me, I can then actually use that to my advantage and start building them up. So once we have the end goal, when you start to line those life lessons up, you can make every step forward a step up and then you can make every step up the preparation for the next two steps. So it builds a ladder to get you where you need to be. And then the F in self stands for forward momentum. Now I can see the challenges. Now I know who I am. Now I know where I'm going. Okay, let's put the tactics and the habits in place to keep me moving forward on a daily basis and make that 1% improvement or one degree shift, whatever it is, that is based on who I am when I'm at my fundal best and is driving me towards where I know I need to be in whatever role I'm actually working in. Mm, I love that. It's really true, isn't it? So it's about authenticity and confidence in yourself, about truly knowing the leader you want to be, and then people following you who believe in what you've got to say and what you do, rather than trying to be something you're not or not knowing what you are. Yeah. And, it is, and Simon Sinek's quote is, be the leader you wish you had. Mm. which is a great role modeling thing to kind of help you make that shift. There's, a, I think there's another layer to that, which is be the leader you know they need. So when you're leading or leading yourself, it's going, well, actually, who do I need to be in order to help these people move forward? I can be the leader that I think I needed, but this team that I'm leading, what do they actually need? Who do they need right now that's going to help them go even further? Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's addressing those gaps in your skills, your knowledge and your attributes. Like if you don't feel like you're that leader, it's kind of, you know, what is it I'm not that confident in? What is it that I feel like I need? And I think that that, that one where you said to keep developing yourself, mm. it's addressing those and saying, OK, because, you know, when I became a sales professional, I was holding these workshops. And I was thinking, oh, I don't know how to manage this situation in terms of sort of negativity in the in the room and, and sort of going oh, okay I've got a senior person here who's very negative about a new system like how do I address this and that sort of led me to go actually I've never done anything like this before I'm going to go upskill in change management so I understand how to tackle this so then I could step into that role confidently next time and I think it's just being aware of that isn't it going oh I'm never going to do that again I don't know if I don't feel comfortable I don't know it's sort of stepping in and going okay well how can I better equip myself really to deal with this situation absolutely i think that there's an alan watts quote and i paraphrase but he talks about you know the scientist doesn't keep their eye plugged onto the the microscope the whole time you know they look at the petri dish they have a look through the microscope and then they come away and do more work and then they mm. go back to the microscope again have another look and then they go back to their desk and do more work so it's just getting the detailed view coming away as you did with the change management actually i'm going to do some self-reflection here i've got some blockers here i've got some you know gaps okay what can i do about that you do the internal viewpoint you know they do the navel gazing pull away go and do the training course go and get the mentor go and get the coach close the gap go back again come back as you know even more confident even more in front and able to lead even further yeah, I love that analogy. That's really good, isn't it? It's like you're never going to achieve perfection straight away. Like no. it takes time and research and investigation. Like it's a really good example of a parallel stream, if you like, of how things can be. And you've got to think about that as yourself. So let's look at a couple of examples of, of situations that arise. So 
I've sort of drawn on this a little bit in our conversations, but one of the things that can be quite nerve wracking for a Salesforce professional or technology, somebody in a role in technology where they are trying to get the C-suite executives on board with the project. And you might well have one executive sponsor that is really bought in because quite often that's what you need to get a project ticking ticking over and start and kicking off. But there might be C-suite execs who aren't bought into it. And they're the ones that you're like, okay, I'm up for a challenge. What do I do? So what would be your techniques around how you could secure their time and commitment to the project and gain their trust? What top tips have you got? I think the first one is, is knowing your communication styles and knowing their communication styles. And I use David Merrill's social styles for this. Mm. And just listening to the language that they're using. So when I walk into a room, there's four main communication styles that are around. You've got the driver, the analytical type, uh, the expressive, and the amiable. Now, each of them, again, none of them are better or worse, but you need a mixture of them in each team. So there's going to be more of those people. Oh, sorry, there's going to be a, 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 an element of those people in each group. So is when you're in there, when you know these styles, you can then use different styles in order to engage the different members of the C-suite at different points. So if I know the driver is, you know, is a results focused individual and you know, they don't have a lot of time because they're just like, we want to do it now. We don't want any of the details. Okay. What I will do is I will put something in the diary. I say, look, I've made this appointment in your diary. I've made it for three o'clock, but look, there's flexibility. When would you like to have that appointment? So although I've been forthright in putting the appointment in their calendar, I'm still giving them the opportunity to move it to somewhere that is beneficial to them. Because mm. I want to make it short, sharp and to the point because I know that's what they, they value most in their communication. Now, with the analytical type on the other side, I know that they're going to need more time and they're going to want to share all the information and all the facts. So I'm going to ask them for all the facts. And I ask the driver, okay, so what does success look like for you? We know what do those results look like? What is why is that important to you? Okay, what details do I need to include to make sure this is a success for you, Mr. Analytical or Mrs. Analytical? <laughs> and I work that group so I make sure I tick all the boxes. And I'm then kind of watching and listening for the cues to see who's actually giving me those different elements back so that I can then use that with them as well. So I continue to build that rapport and that relationship with them to make sure I can bring the whole group to the table. And that's also understanding your own communication style. Absolutely, there's multiple tests out that you can do for free on this because the challenge that we have is if we don't understand our own communication style and we walk into a room and we do this all as human beings is we talk to people how we want to be spoken to. Mm. Now, if I'm an expressive type, I love the drama. I love being centre stage, crikey. You know, the story doesn't go in a straight line. It's, oh, look, Goldilocks and the three bears and then the gingerbread man and then the big bad wolf turned up and, oh, look, a blue car. And that's how it goes with expressive types. I obviously dramatise it. But if you put them in with someone who's a driver who just wants to have a five-minute conversation, get to the point and get out, <laughs> you're going to have a breakdown of communication. So if you're a Salesforce member, um, and, you know, a member of the team and you're an expressive and you're presenting your content and your tech and your solutions in this way, especially to a driver or even an analytical that doesn't want all this, they just want clear methodical steps, you're going to break the conversation before you've even had the conversation. Mm. So the trick is, is to speak to people how they want to be spoken to. Because then in doing that, in dialing down certain elements of your communication and dialing up other parts of the communication so that they can hear, it enables you to get your message across which helps them to be more successful. And as a result of them being more successful, you'll be more successful. 
I think that's so important at C-suite as well, because you know, typically you'd have directors with different strengths and personalities that make a company operate. So I think it's such a valid sort of reflection on making sure you're communicating in those different ways to those different people. Um, so mm. really, really great. And so if we would turn it around on like end users, if you like, or other mm. people in the organization that aren't at C-suite who aren't bought into the project, how would you turn that around? What thoughts have you got around that? One of the one of the kind of core tools you can use if you know people and you know where they're going to be is doing your stakeholder management. So you do your stakeholder mapping of that side of things. So you see who your um, promoters are and your antagonists are, if they're influential, if they're not. That's one of the first things you can do to kind of get a rough rule of thumb of what's going on. The second thing that I would say is start doing your one-to-ones, is start having conversations with these people. Because what they may present in a meeting may not be actually the reality of what they truly think. Mm. or based on the audience they've got they may be playing up to certain expectations they believe they need to meet so by having the one-to-one conversation you eliminate the audience you eliminate any potential legacy thinking that these other people may have about them etc and you're having an opportunity to get to know them so get to know them deeply one of the key things that i learned from influencing skills is show appreciation So whenever someone is in a negotiation or in a situation, rather than kind of disregarding everything they're saying, is actually looking for the value in what they're bringing to the table. Because they may have a concern, they may have an understanding, they may have insight that you haven't thought about, and they're bringing something new to the equation that's actually going to help you be more successful in your delivery. But if you're too busy trying to cut them down and cut them out, you're not going to pick up that good content and those value adds. So... And the reason and the reason behind saying show appreciation is the word appreciation comes from the Greek word, which means to appraise. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing is you're listening to what they're saying through your communication skills. You're picking up the key elements. And then you can say, do you know what? I really appreciate you sharing that piece of content with me because of X, Y, and Z. I think that's going to help with A, B, and C. Now that person feels included. If they still, you know, if you still have some other challenges, the the other well-versed technique is ask them for advice. Get them on their own. Have a one-to-one with them. Say, do you know what? I need some advice. I need some. You know, I need some your expert introspection on this or viewpoint. And you make them the subject matter expert. So what you're doing is you're helping to raise their self-esteem. You're showing appreciation for the value that they're adding to the content. And you're asking them more questions. So you're using that curiosity and those coaching questions and that, that kind of that desire to know them more and what, how they see the world to actually add more content to the project you're, you're delivering and you're landing to make it even greater. Really good tips. I love that. And so for those of you, because I'm thinking that all these are so valid points on technology projects. And I know people always think, oh my gosh, like how do I tackle this? How do I tackle that? You know, it's a common feedback we get from when we train up Salesforce admins and they've gone into roles and they're like, okay, nobody's listening to me or whatever. Like for those people that need to get their mindset into a leadership role, what top tips and easy shifts, where, where would they start in order to kind of develop feel like they can take a step forward to develop these leadership skills and overcome some of these challenges they're facing yes, looks, um, you know what as you're saying that i was like hold on a minute this is taking my brain in a new direction <laughs> the one thing is you've got to embrace the messiness you know if you're in a going into a new leadership role you haven't had any leadership this is what happens to leaders all over the world oh, oh 
you can make you're, you're really good at making widgets therefore let's put you in charge of 15 people that also make the widgets because you must be good at running you know looking after those people it doesn't work like that and people just get left to their own devices and wonder why they make mistakes or they make messes or they're not successful in the leadership step up there's going to be mess and it's kind of you have to enjoy the process and you have to get vulnerable with yourself and you have to embrace the imperfections that come with this but it's you have to then go and learn. Like you say, like I said earlier, you know, putting yourself under the microscope like you did when you um, looking at the change management stuff. It's like, actually, let's get really sentient of the gaps that I've got and kind of acknowledge it and be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Then go away and learn and bridge the gaps and show people you're learning. Take people on the learning journey with you. Teach them what it is you're learning. Almost, you know, it's almost like train the trainer type stuff, but on a, in a really kind of micro ecosystem. Mm. And the more that you become aware of yourself, the easier it is for you to go, oh, do you know what? This is what I enjoy doing. This is what I don't enjoy doing. This is what I need to work on. This is what I need to kind of turn down. And the more that you know yourself, the easier it is to lead yourself. And actually, if you've got a handle on yourself, you'll be able to get a handle on the situation. Mm. No, exactly. No, it's it's so true, isn't it? To be okay with things not being okay and perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I always say to people, just ride the wave. Like you're going to always be up and down and falling off the board, but it's about getting back on it, isn't it? It's like whenever you try going surfing, <laughs> how many times do you go in and out trying to sail on that blooming board? Um, <laughs> you know, but that's what it's like when you're learning leadership with the first, you know, going through this leadership role. And I still think it's every project, you know, it's, you're going to fall off a board at any point in a project I think at some point so yeah so let's get let's go back to that because that complete was a really good shift there but what if people want to learn more about leadership and you know the resources tell us a bit more about the resources that you're offering Nathan that they can tap into and how they could perhaps start moving forward and gain their confidence in this area Grant. So one of the key things that I've really kind of got my brain into recently is I'm now doing a weekly live training session. I'm putting the posts up on the event pages up on LinkedIn. I'm running it through Zoom at this point in time. I'm just doing 30 minutes of core leadership content that very rarely gets taught. It's uncommon skills taught in uncommon ways that get incredible results. Just started doing that every week. You can come and find me on my website, nathansimmons.com. Sorry, nathansimmonscoaching.com. And there's there's an email course on there which people can pick up that, again, five key pillars of leadership which we don't think about, and they include gratitude and compassion and self-development and stretching yourself, all those sorts of things. So one, come and find me on LinkedIn and and jump in on those free trainings. And two, come to the website and sign up and and get some of those key insights, just a small actionable shifts that will help just to change the thinking just enough to, to make huge differences. Great. And where can we download the free toolkit? So the free toolkit that I'm sharing into this podcast, we're going to put a link into that. The link is definitely too long for me to read out. It will probably take me longer to read that out than it will do to actually do this interview. But I'll share that in the comments and that will be 40 questions to help build leaders. Um, Phenomenal resource, I think. Awesome. So we'll share that. So I'd highly recommend off the back of the session today is if you have never done any leadership training, but you are in a role where you're inspiring people through a digital transformation 
process and they look up to you for that guidance and advice and you are effectively in a role as a leader then you know tap into Nathan's resources find him on LinkedIn and listen to his webinars and get involved because the more you can build your skills your confidence and knowledge around this area the stronger you will become as a Salesforce professional or another as I say if you work in another industry as as opposed to Salesforce you can embrace and help lead people through tech Um, tech projects so thank you Nathan for coming on the show today and sharing those top tips really interesting insight and you I know you always have so much to talk about Uh, please do tap into those ongoing resources that Nathan offers because our podcast shows are only like 20 to 30 minutes so really (laughs) short so I think it's a really good kickoff to the conversation and we'd love to hear your feedback if you want to comment on the um, podcast we'd love to hear your reviews and if you want to rate it on iTunes that would be fantastic and we look forward to seeing you next week all right, thanks, Nathan, again. Thank you. Amazon Cloud 9 is kindly sponsored by RB in partnership with Empha.